Good evening. Um, Turn with me in your Bibles, if you would, to Haggai chapter 2. Haggai chapter 2, we'll be looking at verses 20 to 23 this evening, um, concluding our series that we've, we've been doing over the last number of weeks in the book of Haggai. Haggai chapter 2. When we come to look at uh, this last installment in the series, this is the, the, final, the final word that has been given to the prophet Haggai to, to the people in that time from the Lord. There has been three other parts in this series that have already taken place, and just to recap where we now find ourselves in this series. So the first word that was given to Haggai, it looked at, at conviction. It looked at how in chapter one, the people hadn't prioritized the rebuilding of the temple. They they'd prioritized other things. So the first oracle looked at conviction. The second one then came to look at comparison. It looked at how people had shattered expectations as they came to rebuild the temple afresh, how the new temple just wasn't what the old temple was. And then last week, we looked at contagious. We looked at how there was a call to covenant faithfulness of the people. But we come tonight to the fourth word that is given to Haggai. The fourth word that is given to Haggai in this case to be given to Zerubbabel. And tonight, it is all about coronation. Think about crowns, think about robes, think about a bank holiday, we're thinking about a coronation. Tonight, we're thinking about the future hope of God's kingdom. So that said, tonight, we're looking at Haggai chapter 2, and we're starting at verse 20. And again, the word of the Lord came to Haggai on the 24th day of the month, saying, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, saying, I will shake heaven and earth. I will overthrow the throne of kingdoms. I will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariot and those who ride in them. The horses and their riders shall come down, everyone by the sword of his brother. In that day, says the Lord of hosts, I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant, the son of Sekiel, says the Lord, and I will make you like a signet ring, for I have chosen you, says the Lord of hosts. So this is the passage we're looking at this evening, Haggai chapter 2, and we're looking at the last three verses that we find in it. This text is really split into two sections. The first part of the text is looking at the destruction upon the kingdoms to come. And then the second part of the text is looking at the restoration of the house of David. That's where we get the idea of the coronation. But as we open this this section, the the word of the Lord has came to the prophet Haggai once more. And this time it's for one particular individual. We've seen when the word has came, it's been for various people. But this time it is just for Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, as we would have found out in previous weeks, he is the governor. And as David has already pointed to, he is the grandson of King Jehoiakim. He was previously of the royal line, but that has been removed when the signet ring was removed. So King Jehoiakim finds himself, sorry, King Zerubbabel finds himself in the position where he is no longer of the royal line, where he is the governor where the people have been told to rebuild the temple, where the people have been told to refocus. But it appears 
that King Zerubbabel needs, needs some word of encouragement. So the word of the Lord comes to him. And the Lord says what he's going to do. And there's one particular word I want to call out for us to look at first. I will shake. Shake. I will shake heaven and earth. This is the second time we see the use of the word shake when we're looking at the book of Haggai. We've seen it previously in chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, um, where, or sorry, chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, where the Lord says about how he will shake all nations and they shall come to the desire of all nations. In this instance, the Lord is speaking of despite the strength of the kingdoms around, despite the strength of the neighboring nations, how the Lord would be victorious over them all. How nothing that, that the, the enemies, how nothing of those lands around about them could do, could overcome or overpower the might of the Lord. The Lord, when he's speaking here of shaking the heavens and the earth, we can see a great example of the greatness of the might, of the unwavering might of the Lord. We see how he then goes on to say that he will destroy the strength of the Gentile kingdoms. I will overthrow the chariot and those who ride in them. Speaking of the chariot and those who ride in them is speaking of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's army and how not even the might of Pharaoh, not even the mighty Pharaoh can stand against the might of our God. And then furthermore, utter chaos will be brought in the lands round about. Utter chaos will ensue and everyone will die by the sword of his brother. People won't even be able to tell their brother apart. The Lord in his might will bring the destruction of the nations. But our message this evening is a message of hope. It isn't just a message of destruction. If we were to leave it there, there wouldn't be much hope in that. But then the, the, the prophet goes on to have this, this oracle given to him, the, the restoration of the house of David. The restoration of the royal lineage. We see in the text on three occasions the use of the term declares the Lord. If we were to look down to, to verse 23, we would see three occurrences in verse 23, where we see that the Lord declares. The Lord's promise is sure to Zerubbabel. The Lord speaks three times and says, the Lord declares. This is a sure promise that is made to Haggai for Zerubbabel. But why is this promise coming to Zerubbabel? Why not someone else? Well, as, as David has, has already pointed to for us, the promise of the Messiah is why it is coming to Zerubbabel. You see, he was the grandson of King Jehoiakim. And King Jehoiakim was of the royal line of King David. If we were to flick back in our Bibles to, to 2 Samuel, and 2 Samuel chapter 7, we would see how God made a covenant with David. How when King David wanted to rebuild the temple and the Lord said that it, it wouldn't be him but his son would rebuild the temple, in verse 13, the Lord says, he shall establish, he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne for his kingdom forever. 
I will be his father, and he shall be my son. You see, the Lord had made a promise to King David that through his line, the promised Messiah would come, the one who would deliver the people, the one who the victory would be achieved through. So as the Lord tells Zerubbabel that that the signet ring will be restored to him, what he is pointing to is that promise that was made to King David, that from David's line, the promised Messiah would come. The signet ring is being restored. Hope is being brought back as this, this scene of a coronation is declared. So what does the Lord declare? Well, he declares that he will take Zerubbabel and he describes him as my servant. I will take you, Zerubbabel, my servant. The use of the term my servant throughout Scripture points to someone who the Lord has has selected. It points to someone who has been selected to accomplish the Lord's purposes. Zerubbabel here is being selected to accomplish the Lord's purposes. In the person of Zerubbabel, we too see a type of Christ. We see through Zerubbabel one who points to the coming Christ. You see, Zerubbabel now is in a very humble position. He's the governor, but he's not of royalty. But through the signet ring being restored to him, it points to the coming Messiah. God uses the humble when he uses Zerubbabel. But in restoring the signet ring to him, he glorifies him. Zerubbabel was chosen by God. He's chosen by God here in the text for the signet ring. And in that, he doesn't do anything in and of his own might. But through that, we can see how he points to Christ. As the Lord was to bring destruction to the nations round and about the people. As that time of of destruction and devastation that we see in the first section of this text takes place. It then comes to the restoration. We're not left in ruins because Zerubbabel has been chosen by God. You see, in, in every page of scriptures, whether we look at the Old Testament or whether we look at the New Testament, whether we look at the, the obscure or, or the, the more well-known passages, every page of the Scripture points to the coming Messiah. It points to Christ. He's, if He's not present and He's not promised, He's betrayed through every page of Scripture. And in Zerubbabel, we see how He points to the coming Messiah, how He points to that royal lineage, how He points to the Savior, how he points to deliverance. Time and time again, as we move throughout the Old Testament, we see this fulfillment of the messianic promise. Each character plays a different role as we move right through until Christ. At this stage, we're still many years off Christ. At this stage, we're still many years off the Christmas story. At this stage, we're still many years off Christ in the person, in the flesh, entering the Bible. But through Zerubbabel, we see how the signet ring was restored, how that promise that the Lord made to King David many years before remains steadfast. 
Because praise God, we have a God who keeps his promises, a God who remains faithful. So there's a a number of things that we can take away from this passage. We have the promise of a blessing. We have the promise of a blessing that is fulfilled. When God made his promise to King David, he kept it. Zerubbabel was going to be used by the Lord as he brought about the destruction of the nations round and about. But as he points to Christ, it reminded me of a a passage in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 10. Just as, as the nations round and about were going to face the devastation of the Lord, when we come to 2 Timothy, we're pointed to what the Lord Christ achieved. For 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 9, speaking of the Lord, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but has now been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. You see, just as as Zerubbabel was, was in the context of devastation in the nations round and about, Christ was too going to be victorious, not just like the people in the context where we see where they've been looking over their shoulder at what the other nations round and about them had been achieving and wondering where the Lord was in that. But when Christ was to come, when that messianic messianic promise was to be fulfilled, Christ defeated not just the nations round and about, but he defeated defeated the very essence of death, of the power of death, and through that won our salvation. So the kingdoms round and about were destroyed. The people in this passage had the temple rebuilt. But for us this evening, this is a a message of hope. It's a message of hope because he was restored. The signet ring was restored. The line of David was restored. Christ enters into the picture, and through Christ entering into the picture, our salvation was won. I trust as we've considered this passage this evening that we see how the Lord is victorious, how he is sovereign above all, how the Lord's promises stand throughout the ages, and how even in the the image of Zerubbabel, we see how that points towards the coming of a Messiah who would ultimately conquer, who would ultimately be victorious, and who would ultimately win our sin, win our salvation from sin. Let us pray. Dear Lord and Heavenly Father, as we we come now before you, Father, we, we praise you for who you are. Father, we praise you that you are sovereign, that you are above all, that your your plan for salvation what began before time and Father was worked through all of Scripture. Father, we thank you that as you reminded these people to, to remain faithful to you, Father, to prioritize you in the rebuilding of the temple, Father, that as we now gather together around your word this evening, Father, we may be encouraged that as we see how your promise that you made all those years before to King David, when that signet ring was removed from King Jehoiakim, Father, the people must have lost hope. But Father, how you restored the ring to King 
And Father, through that, through your restoration, through your fulfillment of the promise, through, Father, your, your, your use of kings, your rubble, Father, how through that, it pointed to the coming of your Son. It pointed to the coming of Jesus, Father. It pointed to our salvation. Father, I pray that we may be blessed as we have considered your word this evening. Father, be blessed as we've considered how you are victorious, not just against the, the enemies, Father, not just against the nations round and about, but against, against the power of sin and death. Father, we praise your name.